You're now listening to Cinco Squad. I mean, be- <laughs> unfortunately, I won't be on next week's episode. I will be in Japan uh, for the Taylor Swift concert. I'm going all four nights. <laughs> are you are you traveling uh, in in a jet with her? I yeah, I'm going all four nights. I'm going all four Japan nights, and then we're gonna go to Super Bowl. They're gonna drop me off out the plane. Oh, so so you also got the job at the guy who parachute at the beginning of the game. Yeah, you're the parachute yeah, guy. You got that job too. Taylor, Taylor will be on his back. That's how she's gonna beat all That's the traffic gonna, yeah. into the state. Yeah. They're gonna swing right, into the. Right, gonna they're gonna swing into the. I don't know how. I don't know how. She... Throwing the cat from the top of the stadium, see if it lands. No, I'm making sure her hair doesn't get too much wind to flow through it. So. It's... Buddy, we back again for episode 96. What's going on, everyone? This is Single Squad. My name is Jonathan Sawyer. With me are my brothers, Grandpa Jay, Trey Day, and Mike yep. Day. Fellas, happy Thursday. Yes. And we're, we have we have a break. The NFL might have a break, but we don't. We can keep going. That's right. The NFL's weak. They can't play the Super Bowl this week. That's right. Bullshit. We got the Pro Bowl games going on in Orlando, <laughs> but no one gives a shit. Cause yeah, right around the corner from me. <laughs> yeah, so. <laughs> I thought um, you were covering it. Yeah, no. I'm what am I covering? <laughs> Ultimate frisbee. <laughs> Throw the ball the moving ball. target. <laughs> longest, drive, longest drive competition. Actually, I I actually enjoyed that one because that was actually funny because to see guys who don't know how to play golf and actually come up and like like the linemen to come launch up and just it. launch it. And it's just like, holy shit. We got a plethora of things to talk about today. We got an NFL recap of this past weekend. Exciting ass games. We have NBA talk and we have TV talk. Hmm. Wonder what that would be. But let's let's start over, Mikey. Mike, what's on your mind, Mike? Yeah. So got another week of uh, Grandpa Jay handing out an assist. And speaking of assists, we're going to take it to the NBA. Rarely have I had an NBA Mike's mind, but this week I got some NBA on my mind, and that is this: LeBron James. Everybody knows LeBron James, the king all-time leading scorer, has scored at least 10 points in 1,191 straight games. Mm-hmm. Which is 15 more than the next 20 players on the consecutive 10-plus points in a game list combined. The next 20 guys on the list have 15 less combined consecutive 10-plus point games than LeBron James currently has. <laughs> yeah, well, we'll What'd you say? He said go. Go. Yeah, well, it's still not mine, but <laughs> more like to each their own. <laughs> to each their own, not mine. But you know who's the goat of our sports bets, guys? Grandpa Jay. Jamie, take it What's away that? with your locks of the week. Yes, yes, yes. So absolute heartbreak last week talk about a bad beat as svp likes to say so we went one and two of course we knew that the the true lock of the week was taking the points with detroit and and such a heartbreaking game for detroit fans but that was a lock of the week we said so i went with two of them then i was kind of on the fence about auburn decided not to show up boohoo but what the hell was creighton thinking you're up by 25 points there's like nine seconds left I don't care if it's your bench mob that's in there. Why are you fouling? 
It's almost like they knew what the spread was and too many people bet for them to cover the 24 and a half. So they freaking foul and the kid hits two free throws and they go from covering the game to losing by one and a half points. And I'm thinking to myself, this is horrible. So that's why we went one and two last week. So we're one game below 500, but we're going to wake up. We're making our way back onto that over 500 train this week. I only got two for you guys. And the two I'm taking... And started off going into Monday. We'll work our way back. Man City, must-win game for them. Going across the pond. They're, host, they're at Brentford. I don't care how poorly they've been playing. This team knows how to play its best ball in the new year. Take Man City to win that game by two goals. It's going to be a 4-1 or a 3-0 game. Man City all the way. I hope they slow down because I want Liverpool to win the title, especially since my guy Klopp is leaving. Man City, that is your absolute luck over Brentford on Monday night. A lot of great college basketball games. Do I dare go to the Duke-North Carolina game this week? Do I dare say that somebody is a lock in that game? Hell no, I ain't touching that game. What I am touching is Texas going to TCU. Texas should have beat Houston this week. Heartbreak, went to overtime. Of course, Houston's defense, too tough for them to hold them off in overtime. Houston gets the win in Texas. This team looked great. They're athletic. They're long. They can rebound. I love Texas to cover. And I think that they might even win the game at TCU because they need a big road win or a big conference win. So give me Texas to win. Give me Man City to win. And those, ladies and gentlemen, are your locks of the week. And this is college basketball, by the way. So Texas Longhorns over TCU. Man City over across the pond. You're talking EPL, English Premier Soccer over Brentford. Arthur Smith, really timely. I thought you were trying to keep a job. Right now, that is a decision. It leaves a lot left to be desired. I mean, when you look at the last time I remember seeing this guy, it was him crying because Jameis decided he wasn't going to take a knee, then he wants to go out here and fight. What type of loser shit was that, by the way, Arthur? You should be saying to yourself, if you're going to come into Steelers Nation, we're going to need a better, just a better you than that because that shit was not a good look. To be honest with you, I don't even know how he got the Falcons job to begin with. I don't even remember him having great offense with Tennessee when he was offensive coordinator there. I mean, yeah, Derrick Henry had one of his better seasons there, but that was about it. I don't know. I mean, what what are we known for? He is a rich-ass dad that owns FedEx. Is he going to FedEx in a better playbook or some shit next year? I mean, I, I just I don't know what to do with Arthur Smith signing. It doesn't make me excited. I mean, can it get worse than Matt Canada? I don't know. I don't think he can, but please prove me wrong. It, it, it can't be worse than Matt Canada, can it? Let's, let's, let's recap. Briefly about NFL, I know it was about four days ago. Everyone's already forgetting, and now everyone's wondering how Taylor Swift can get to the game from Hong yep. Kong. She's yep. got to fly. She got to fly Spirit Airlines. She's got to fly for uh, business class. I can't believe it. I, I just don't understand. That's uh, crazy. But let's talk about last week's game. I think it was a great effort by both teams in one team in first half. Right? You know, we're looking at the Lions. You knew the four – like, we'll, we'll start with the Lions and Niners, go back, work our way back. Lions and Niners was a great game in the sense of you, – you knew the Niners were never just going to lay down, right? You right. knew that team was not built that way. They are not that type of team. So, looking at the Niners and the Lions, do we fault Dan Campbell for being his aggressive self? Nope. No, of course not. I mean, the, you – you kind of got to go into that knowing exactly what you're getting from Dan Campbell. I I was saying it. I was on the phone with my dad earlier this week. He was asking me about what I thought. I said, 
I would, in most of the situations, I would have kicked it, take the points. But I'm not shocked at what happened because Dan Campbell is Dan Campbell. He's Man Campbell, uh, MCDC. It just, it just, it's who he is. So can't necessarily fault him for just, you know, coaching the way he coaches. I disagree with that because ultimately you have to know the situation. And I think J.J. Watt put it perfectly this week when I listened to him talk about You have to know the situation you're in. You're a big underdog going into San Francisco. It's a hostile environment. Mm -hmm. You're up, what, at the time, three touchdowns. You kick the field goal. You take the easy points. I understand. If If it was fourth and one, yes, okay, I'm okay with him going for it. But it's fourth and five on both opportunities. Both opportunities? Jared Goff could have ran for a first down. The other Reynolds should have caught it. But you take the points. You take mm-hmm. the points, especially when you're playing a team like the Niners, who feeds off defensive momentum. And that's what you gave them. And as soon as they missed that first, one first down or fourth down, I was like, ah, this is, they're going to put this in one score. Yeah, it's not going to be good. And they fumbled. Yeah. And that that was that was it. I I had a feeling I was like, yeah, I don't think the Lions have enough in their tank. I think they did everything they could in the first, and it came out flat. They almost wished that the the half didn't end. Was <laughs> <Well, laughs> the right place, right time? So I think the first half gamble was okay because you're not necessarily at that point at the point in game where your possessions are now going to be minute. Like there's not that many left. Once you're getting towards, you know. A, a bit of the third quarter left and you're in the fourth quarter. Now you don't have that much possessions. If the Niners go ahead and make a run like they did in the first half. Yeah. You set the tone and you tell them we're going to be aggressive on offense on defense. Like we're going to punch you in the mouth where the tougher team. That's who he is. That's who he, that's the, ident- the identity of his team. In the second half though, you're up by 14. You have a chance to make it a three score game. Do that. That meant with not that much time left for possessions, force the Niners to be so much more predictable like you say, John, let Brock Purdy be the hero and see if he's actually the guy that everybody says he is, as opposed to still giving CMC a chance to keep the offense balanced, which means the defense is kind of on their heels and not knowing what to play. You make them a predictable offense, maybe at that point, the Lions step up defensively because they can make a play. They know what's coming. It's a little more predictable. So I just feel wrong place, wrong time. Do it in the first half, shouldn't have done it in the second half, should have definitely taken the easy three and gone up by three possessions. But give these Lions credit. They were ready. I mean, they were ready for that moment. They just couldn't close the game, but they were ready for the moment. They weren't ready for the moment. They, they were ready were. for the moment. Uh, dropping passes, not knowing when to kick field goals, uh, fumbling the ball. That seemed like it was ready the moment to me. I think that moment was too big for them, actually. I told you that last week. When everybody wanted to say, Patrick Mahomes has to go on the road. Oh, my God. What did I say last week? The Lions ain't been on the road. Everybody wanted to keep talking about Patrick Mahomes. They've been on the road. I saw the graphic. They put it up there when the game started. The Lions had like seven people that have been in championship game for the 49ers had like 43. Those dudes weren't ready for the moment when they all said done. They got tight-ass sheets, and it got real tough out there as soon as shit got real. that's We ain't seen Gibbs fumble all year. Shit get tough. All of a sudden, Gibbs is fumbling. That's the name of him. Josh Reynolds always back to St. Or I always want to call St. Louis. Back to L.A. when he was at the Rams. Always sure-handed. Now you drop one. Now you're in your head. You drop two. Dan Campbell. He got into a dick swinging contest. Once you sit out there, you did it the first time. Why you do it the second time? Because he's Man Campbell. He wants to prove a point. He wants to say, let me show these motherfuckers I'm right. So he made that a bigger moment about him trying to prove he was right to doing what was right for the team in that moment. So no, they were not ready for the moment. A lot of youth and inexperience. So yeah. from the coaching staff down. I will. I will give him credit. He took 100% of the blame 
on the loss, as your coach, head coach, is supposed to do. And he should. But, 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 and he should, right? But you know, we've seen it before that coaches don't. Well, we missed this. We missed that. He said, it's on me. It's on me. I yeah, should. I respect that. I should have coached. I respect that because he never threw any of his players under the bus. And when I'm looking at the Lions, I agree. I think they were a year too short. But like like Dan Campbell said, I love how real he is when he went in the locker room pretty much was like, this may have been our only shot. It is very difficult in the National Football League. There has only been two teams in our era that has been consistently going to the championship game. And as the Kansas City Chiefs right now and the New England Patriots. Those are the two consistent teams making it there. Think how many teams have been in the NFC Championship game or the AFC Championship game other than those two teams. The Niners. Has it been to three Super Bowls the last 10 years and six championship games? So, I mean, the Niners should be the third team considered here. I guess, but, you know. They no, the NFL, they the problem is they haven't won one. That's why they're not they're, considered on the same level. I wouldn't, even say, I wouldn't even say that. It's just it's hard to get back to this point. In the, that's the whole point of the whole conversation is it's hard to get back to this part of the the season you got a 17 game season and then if you don't make the one seed you're now playing three games to, or two games to get there and then most of the time you're going on the road because you're not the number one seed right so mm-hmm. it's very difficult and, and then the injuries and everything the injuries they, you need a bit of luck they were healthy which they is need death, something they need momentum try, try, i have what you're saying about not ready for the moment but you know they were a quarter away I mean, and you could say that you knew that momentum had swung and everybody knew the Niners are going to win the game. From the moment from the moment the game was tied, everybody knew this is it, right? Like Detroit blew their chance. But the boys hung in there with 10 minutes to go. They still had a chance to go to the Super Bowl. I mean, I would say that they weren't ready to close the game. I mean, they did have moments of showing that they could win on the road, which is unheard of for this franchise to go to the Super Bowl. So they had glimpses of showing it. Obviously, they choked the game away. No, I mean, I'm not saying they And that's what we'll remember, unfortunately. And that's what we'll remember. I'm not saying they're not 100% ready for the moment or not, but there's a point where they didn't do that. But it's actually bringing us to another point, and I'll throw this back to you real quick, Jay. So was Lamar not ready for the moment in the other game? Because we saw them stall out. Mm -hmm. It was was the other way for me. I thought he was ready for the moment, almost like he wanted to be more than he had to be. I mean, there's so many moments where it's like, Lamar, just run for the first down. Like, why are you running laterally? You're playing into the – they're playing into that game plan. Actually, what happened is Spags forced the, the, the Ravens OC to play into his game plan. And it's almost as if, like, he read what was going to happen. He's like, right, here we go now. They ran the ball five times. I'll tell you one what thing. What the hell are you thinking? <laughs> I'll tell you one thing. I, I knew Kansas City was going to win off of – two specific plays and it was right at the beginning they won the toss now typically teams defer Mm -hmm. they normally defer but you're in a hostile environment in baltimore Mm -hmm. you're a visiting team and technically you're the underdog Mm -hmm. they said i'm gonna give it to you lamar i'm gonna i have confidence in my defense Mm -hmm. and that defense held them in three and out then the chiefs went on offense and drove it 75 yards and scored the ball Mm -hmm. on their first drive that's when I knew I said Chiefs got them in their best. Fifth straight game in the playoffs they've done that. And it's it's confidence, right? And exactly. I the team that went away from their game plan or their what their hot streak is, they finally and I said this uh uh and on Twitter, the Ravens finally have a good running game. Mm-hmm. They have a they have a guy in Gus Edwards who is a a, a, a diamond in the rough and 
like you said, four, three total rushes out of him. And the one rush he did get, he got 15 yards. Yeah. So how do you not give the ball back to him is just mind-blowing to me. You know, I just think I, – I don't know. I think it's hard to put Lamar in, you know, MVP-type category. Yeah, he's MVP 1 through 17. But when I'm looking at him in the, in the regular season, it's got to go – you know, if you look at the playoffs, this is exactly what I was talking about. Where, what happens to this team? When this, when they have this good of a team, this is the best Ravens team I've seen in a long time. What happened, Mikey? What happened? So the analogy that comes to mind for me for what happened with the Ravens is, and and how their offensive game plan went against them is, they got stuck in the mud and kept trying to drive the Ferrari instead of getting in the truck, Gus Edwards, and actually getting through the tough part of the game they should have ran Gus Edwards more John like you said the one rush he, get, he did get he got 15 yards how do you not see that and keep feeding him Todd Munkin like it's if it's clear to us who are not coaches in the National Football League have never been coaches in the National Football League and Trey, is. Trey he coached yeah. the Steelers hey, are yeah. you are we you Arthur Smith? I'm the offensive coordinator. I'm actually Arthur Smith. I have a rich daddy. Super... I have a so rich daddy. Throwing, yeah. throwing it back to Mike's mind, you're super rich then because your father owns FedEx. Gotcha. Um, yeah. Nice, <laughs> nice. Uh, but yeah, I think it's just, it's almost like the tale for between the two games, it's the tale of the losing teams did two, did the opposites of what they should do, mm. which is, Baltimore should have stuck with their game plan and didn't. Detroit should have gone away from their normal game plan and didn't. Great point. So if you if you switch it, maybe it's Ravens lines in the Super Bowl. Zay was roasting them though. That's a great point. He made the biggest rookie mistake, which is reaching the ball out on the goal line. It's like well, yeah, and I think go down on the one and Gus or Lamar is going to run the ball in, bro. Yeah, <laughs> but, but, but I made a mistake see, like every fucking two minutes in the fourth quarter. We we saw that <laughs> so much. We see this so much, though, guys. Oh, reaching just, for, because all you – and it's the dumbest thing, I think, in the NFL mm-hmm. is all it has to do is uh, the tip of the ball needs to be across mm-hmm. on the right. line, mm-hmm. and it's a touchdown. That is dumb. So yeah. he was literally this far away. And shout-out to – I think it was Sneed. Or was it Reed? I be- no, I believe it is Sneed. He came it across, across the Sneed opposite side of the ball. field. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Shout out to him. I mean, these, like I said, these corners are underrated on the Chiefs. Very I think so. people have underrated them all season. Mm-hmm. And, you know, shout out to shout out to the Chiefs. I mean, you can't, like, like yeah. Trey and Mike said, until they give you a reason, you can't underestimate them. I you will can't not underestimate that. the best player in the world. And to just see the... Yeah. I said this. I said this to you guys in our group chat. It is so. What? Mike. (laughs) No, he's done a Michael Jordan. The Jordan, like I said, Jordan. (laughs) (laughs) Like I said, it is. (laughs) It is unheard of in the (laughs) National Football League right now to see the chemistry between Patrick Mahomes and Travis Kelsey. Mm. To have the confidence for Patrick as he's getting absolutely trucked to just throw the ball up in the air and know number eighty-seven is going to come down with it most of the time. It's just oh, yeah. it's really it's, it's really impressive to watch because it did a lot of those throws weren't like great but you see it and just they're just he's just making the catch. But look, credit to that defense because they did nothing offensively in the second half. Detroit did nothing offensively in the second half and lost that game. They can't do the same shit in the Super Bowl. 
But talking about what you said about Lamar and MVP and whether it's going to feel like if they give it to him, you know, it's, it kind of like popped the bubble already because he didn't really do much in the playoffs. So if we could give the MVP right now, does Michael Jordan get the MVP? No, it's Christian McCaffrey. It's Christian McCaffrey every day. Like I told Mike the other day, my kid tells me 10 years from now, who is the 23-24? I don't care if it's Lamar Jackson. I don't care if it's Patrick Mahomes. I'm going to say it was number 23 for the San Francisco 49ers, and that is fucking Unanimous, great. all of you guys? Were you unanimous to say in CMC? Yeah. No, I, I'm still – because it's a regular season award. I'm still going to call it regular season. I know, but just hypothetically, well, if we could have waited till now and we had the playoffs as a glimpse of – because the MVP was coming out of a playoff team. Like, uh, you're not winning usually the MVP does. if your team didn't get to the no, playoffs. Normally, yeah. Oh, well, it's fucking Jordan. It's always Jordan. That's always the fucking answer to this question. It's going to be a quarterback. Jordan. Can I get a? That's always the answer to this. Can I get a little question. Jared Goff love? I mean, okay, so speaking of, since we're talking about CMC, I know for me, and I brought this up earlier, one of my things I'm looking forward to the most of like this Super Bowl is always like, especially and I would say like for media day. So one of the things I'm looking forward to most is watching the guys who've never been there. So watching like McCaffrey, watching mm-hmm. those type of guys go out and actually get to do media day. So. You know, they reminisce and say, I've been looking at this moment since I was six years old. I finally get to get there. So, like, I'm looking forward to him being able to go out there. I'm looking forward to Pacheco because that dude's a fucking monster just on the other yeah, side. Yeah. And I kind of want to hear what his mental is and what his mindset is because we don't hear him talk often. And the other big thing I'm looking forward to, I'll say, like, media day going forward is the battle of tight ends because two biggest personalities in here both play tight end opposite each other. And I think Kittle and Kelsey are going to basically try to eat still the shows. I think they're both going to just be wild. So, like, I don't usually get too much in the media day, but I actually am looking forward to a couple of those aspects of, like, media day, like, you know, coming up. It kind of takes me back to if y'all remember, and anybody watching, if you never watched it, go back, watch Shannon Sharp, Ray Bucan, best media day ever. Watching those <laughs> two just roast each other and okay. go back and call each other ugly. And Ray Bucan is saying Shannon Sharp looks like the Broncos logo. Like, best media day. <laughs> I don't know if we'll get that, but like Kelsey and Kittle, I think are going to put a we show. I'm going to say now, we don't matter what well, anyone said. Well, now, the funny thing with Kelsey, Kelsey, <laughs> Kelsey and Kittle hang out on the off season. I mean, you know, I've heard they they started the tight end view. Mm-hmm. They yeah. started that yeah. whole they started that whole thing together. So um, it will be interesting. Those were two guys I'm looking forward to. I'm also just looking forward to how they handle the pressure because, mm-hmm. like, uh, you know, I forget who was saying it's it's a different feel. Like you've got to. Like Eli Manning was saying this today. I know Mike's going to be happy. I'm, I'm quoting him. But he was saying it's a different field. You have to try to be as normal as possible. Mm-hmm. Who can – and we'll find out on Sunday who can be normal because you'll find you'll see the guys. Who can keep their schedule as normal as possible? Right. And it looks like they're giving a little bit more favoritism to the Chiefs because the Chiefs got the nicer resort. They get to go practice in the Vegas Raiders uh, practice facility. Um, they're closer to the, they're apparently closer to the stadium and the Niners on the other side of the lake, they're at like UNLV's campus. It's kind mm-hmm. of funny how they do They're closer to home though. I mean, you know, not, not, not that far away, not that far off. All, everything is no, no shift in, in, in much for them, but I, I, I'm looking forward to the, the tight end, you know, that, that's going to be great. The whole, the whole time thing. I I think Andy Reid doesn't get enough credit for his sense of humor. Yeah, he's hilarious. I love him. Yeah, so I'm, I'm always looking forward to him, what he has to say. I mean, look, this this is so such familiar territory for him now. It's almost as if, like, it, it's almost like an every other day thing. Like, oh, right, here we go again, you know, media day at the Super Bowl. Let's do it. And they were talking about 
the irony of, you know, over the last couple of years, the two of the greatest offensive coordinators are playing each other right here as the head coaches of these teams. And had it not been for said Michael Jordan, Andy Reid may be in a position where both of these guys, you're talking about guys who have like Hall of Fame careers, you could almost say, and I feel like we need to see a win for the Niners here. Um, but yet without Patrick Mahomes, you could talk about Andy Reid maybe winning one Super Bowl or just going to Super Bowls and not winning. And arguably these are the two greatest offensive minds in football. So it goes back to that argument. And we won't be able to see it because I don't think Reed would have the same length of time that Brady had with Belichick. I think he'll leave and, and Mahomes will get another coach. But can we can we say that Reed's success is because of Mahomes? Like, are we getting to that point? Are we saying like, you know, Belichick was Brady? Is the success here? You know, is Reed winning now because he has the Mahomes and he is Michael Jordan, like Trey says all the time? Or is it just Andy Reed just figured out how to win at this level and he had to keep? losing at this you know at stage of his career to figure out how to win at this stage well if you remember he was that team the chiefs team was good with alex smith so were the and, eagles but they were always so were the eagles teams, right mm-hmm. yeah but yeah. he was never going to get over that hump of alex smith was yeah. right but i'm saying like that's what they needed was a quarterback and i feel like we don't give enough credit to the pair right the pair as a whole like yes i think andy reed needed that quarterback which he drafted but i also think patrick mahomes needed the guidance from andy reed a great coach already seasoned in the NFL, how to handle himself. And I think it's just a pair. Like, it matches perfect. We always say these quarterbacks get drafted. It depends on the system. It doesn't matter about the pick. It's the, the enemy system. system. But it reads the coach. Yeah, but the enemy <laughs> and him, we see the difference in the chemistry. Now, no, the enemy and the offense. There's a difference in it. There's a difference, but he's the coach at the end of the day. So what I'm saying is we always talk about who's coming into that coach. That It's been the same philosophy the entire time Patch Mahomes has been there. Mm-hmm. So he's been in the same type of system the entire time. And now it's Patrick Mahomes' system mm-hmm. where they're just evolving the pieces around him. And that's how that's why it works out perfect. We always talk about like that about the 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 players who get drafted. You need to go to a team that fits you. And I mm-hmm. think that's why Brock Purdy fits in San Francisco. They that fits his strengths. He didn't need to come in and be Superman. He's got CMC, Debo, IU, Kittle. He's got a great defense. You know, he just needs to go out and just relax and play ball. I mean, shit. That, that's like that's life of a quarterback right now in the NFL. I have a Mike, what's on your mind? <laughs> well, two things. I, there is actually a bonus fact I have for you guys about this upcoming Super Bowl. But um, the comparison that comes to mind with Mahomes and Reed for me is uh, Tony Dungy and Peyton Manning. Dungy, great coach. Reed, great coach. Peyton. Great quarterback, Mahomes. Great quarterback, successful together, or successful apart. Like they would be successful apart, mm-hmm. they would still be good apart. Better together. Mm. Saw greatest success together. So I mean, I just I think it's not enough credit is given to either side when it comes to anybody saying that, you know. I don't think I haven't heard anyone say Mahomes is successful because of Reed, but for those that may think that or that Mahomes would be less successful without Reed, it's possible he might not win as many championships, but he's still a phenomenal quarterback. And same thing with Andy Reed, still a phenomenal coach. He just got himself a great quarterback, a quarterback yeah. that fit what he was trying to do and helped with all the talent and helped them get over the hump. His success, his lack of success, championship success with the Eagles. I don't think is him. 
it's the fact that when he got to the Super Bowl, he faced a dynasty. Man, mm-hmm. uh, we got fucked out of that Super Bowl. Don't give me well, a okay, but Don't give me a You mass play with a broken leg, which is kind of incredible. Mike, you got a bonus fact for us? What do you need on this bonus fact? Well, yeah, no, so- it's a Super Bowl fact. If not, wait for it next week. <laughs> for a Super I, I, Bowl. No, I have, I have a Super Bowl fact already. I can share it. Right. things on his mind. Let's hear what he I has. have many things Start on the day. Start of the day. <laughs> no, the, 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 just, it's just an interesting thing that this year, uh, Kyle Shanahan and Christian McCaffrey will be attempting to win the Super Bowl. And back in the 90s, Mike Shanahan, Kyle's father, coached Ed McCaffrey, Christian's father, to a Super Bowl. Oh, wow. Pretty yeah. awesome. Yeah, it was cold. Yeah. He was, he was and he was an actual Super Bowl. receiver. Well, he was at that Super Bowl talking about the one with Ray Buchanan and Santa Sark. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Mm-hmm. It was him, Rod Smith, for Santa Sark. Elway yep. had weapons. Yep. Terrell Davis in the backfield. And the Niners, yep. Did the Niners win that Super Bowl? No. No, the Broncos. No, that's, that's Broncos. 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 The Broncos. The Broncos played yeah. back. Yes, they the Broncos won. Played, uh, Broncos beat the Falcons. The and they beat the Packers the year before that. Yeah, yeah, yeah the Broncos, they, went back, they back. went back to back. Yeah. Yeah. We'll see what I mean. Well, I mean, let us know what you're what you're looking forward to in the comments section on Media Day. We'll be next week's show will be all about the Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. All about Taylor Swift. We have a forty five minute segment about Taylor Swift only. You know, hour forty five. An hour forty five. You're right. Plotting what out her, her exact what trajectory to get you actually see me in What's headphones she? not saying shit. An hour Jamie, and yeah, you'll be listening to Taylor Swift in your headphones. I don't know. Catch up to the Taylor Swift. <laughs> I have a girl on my team begging us to play every practice and play music. And we're like I don't know we ain't playing that. <laughs> but it has a hip hop beat. I'm like, I ain't care if it had the best beat in mankind. Timberland could have dropped the beat. Well, Grandpa Jay, what well, you guys don't know about Grandpa Jay, when he's in his his uh, Volkswagen, he's cruising home, he's really blasting that on. He's 40, a Swifty. He's, he's a Swifty. Come on, Mike, just move Heron, the jerseys. Let's the see the poster, Mikey. Move <laughs> the jerseys. Not, they haven't won yet. <laughs> Uh, that'd, win. Be a, that'd be a, that'd be a funny uh, bet if we whoever loses has to wear like a Taylor Swift jersey, <laughs> or have to do like a little dance rehearsal. Yep. <laughs> Pop it up there. <laughs> PGA gets a partnership with Strategic Sports Group for three billion dollars, and Jordan Speed speaks out about he doesn't feel that the Saudi Arabia's public investment fund is necessary now, and I kind of agree with him. They were able to find something different from that fund and kind of separate themselves from Live Golf. At the end of the day, Live Golf is what it is, right? It's going to pay people an exorbitant amount of money to play golf 8 to 14 times a year. It's a great opportunity for guys who maybe will never, ever see that type of money ever, right? And I can't blame them. But one person I'm really kind of disappointed in is Roy McIlroy. Roy McIlroy will always be my favorite golfer. But when his friend, John Rahm, decided to leave the PGA and go to live golf, now his whole perspective has changed. Now he thinks that he should be a part of the Ryder Cup. He thinks that they should come and play for PGA events. And you know what? I'm going to stand firm on my ground. No, you shouldn't. You decided you wanted to go and play for a different league. So when you go and do that, if you're an NHL player and you go play and say, I'm going to go play for the KHL, you can't come back and play for the NHL in the same season. That's just not how things work. That's not how contracts work. You're contracted to play for a certain league. You decided you wanted to go play for Live Golf, and now you shouldn't be able to come play for the PGA Tour event because there's guys out there that are trying to actually make a living off of this game and actually working their butt off. But I get it at the end of the day if they do. You're, you're leaving out some of the greatest game, 
greatest names in golf. John Rahm, Tyrell Hatton now left, uh, Brooks Kepka, Dustin Johnson, and of course, Phil Mickelson, even though people hate him, he's still a huge name for golf. But I agree with Jordan Speed. I feel like this is a strategic move to kind of separate yourself from the public investment fund and give yourself an opportunity to build the players' union, build up the players' trust again. Because realistically, the whole merger with Live Golf and PGA kind of ruined the trust between the players and Gene Monahan. So at this point, when I'm looking at the Live Golf, they just need to kind of do their thing. PJ needs to do their thing. And I will I will be the first one to say, I don't think either league's gonna suffer anyways, because you're still gonna get people out to these events, you're still gonna have the four majors, and you're still gonna have great golf. So everyone needs to relax, and I agree with Jordan Spieth on this. We're gonna take it to the hardwood and talk about the NBA because scoring has been outrageous lately. 144 to 140, 135 to 134. It's just crazy how much how much scoring is, and then players are scoring at a average of like 60 points in the next last two weeks so um why is scoring what's the difference between scoring now and scoring back then or was it better then when we had you know better defense i guess you could say back in the 90s and 80s to today's game trade um i think with the high scoring so somewhere in between there's a balance I don't miss, honestly, the days of the 80s and 90s with the low scoring. I don't enjoy turnstile basketball. I don't even know if it's for a lack of effort or not thinking the guys are trying. We do have better athletes. I do see effort, but the rules are skewed for offense, basically, at this point. Then you add in the fact that the three-point line, and it basically just changes everything. I mean, we have four players just in January go for 60 points. But the three-point line, at the end of the day, that changes everything. So, quick historical fact. We go back to 1997-98, Jordan's last year. And that year, Michael or the average NBA team was putting up 95 points a game. Currently, average NBA team is putting up about 115 points a game. So you see a big difference there. Then you start to look at the threes. At a certain point back then, the average team was making about four three-pointers a game. Luka and Steph Curry both averaged more than four three-pointers made per game by themselves without including the rest of the team. But you got teams averaging about 35 three-point attempts per game. So that's just a whole different ball game. But at the same time, I don't necessarily miss, let's say, even the mid-2000s where it was like the Pistons versus Spurs. That shit was boring. Was it a good series when the Pistons played the Spurs? Yes, it went to Game 7. That was all fine. But I went back and looked at the stats. I did the math. In that series when the Pistons played the Spurs, the Pistons averaged 86 points a game. The Spurs averaged 84. I don't think most of us want to watch that brand of basketball either. So somewhere there's a balance. Adam Silver... Everybody else, the governors, they got to get together and figure something out because there's some type of balance between this 60 points every night and between teams putting up 70 points on a Tuesday night that looks like a fucking AAU ball or some shit. I have a solution. Paul traveling. How about that? How about guys can't take 77 steps to walk into the fucking the, the basket? Is yeah, exactly. That's the thing, right? No, but I think, I think the biggest thing with the NBA is this is the most talented NBA we've seen in a very, very long time from one through five on the floor, right? We're, we're always talking about this. What college kids can come out and, but they're six foot 10, but they have to shoot. They have to learn how to shoot the mid range and sometimes develop a three point shot. Mm -hmm. So when I'm looking at the NBA right now, most guys on teams, I mean, look at, we have the Joker, the ugliest shot since Amari <laughs> Stoudemire. No, Sean Marion. Sean Marion. 
I always do that. I always do that. Yeah. Same team. Sean Marion. The ugliest shot, but it but it works and it he makes it. He's consistent with it. So I think we just have a lot more talent in the NBA right now. But I agree with Trey. I think there has to be some sort of balance with the with the rules and whether they're calling it. They're a little bit looser in the NBA when it comes to certain calls like like traveling, like we don't even know what that is. Double dribbles, you know, (laughs) there's there's constant of that, right? The guys get in the paint yeah. and they're, they're, you see them walking like this, like all the mm-hmm. way down. And it's like, all right, well, why don't you just right. walk to the but basket? But you do bring up a good point of the the 6'10 guy that can shoot because that also is going to naturally change scoring. If you go back and you look at, like, the Bulls with Jordan, which is I used that example earlier, Luke Lonely is just sitting there and he can't score. That guy is not even in the NBA now because if you can't shoot, if you can't score, you can't be on the court. I don't give a damn what type of defense you play. There's a reason why people at Hakeem to beat didn't make it in the league because mm. that whole I just play defense shit, it don't work. So, yeah, mm. naturally scoring is going to go up when literally you got your fucking center who can shoot threes, your point guard can shoot threes, the small forks, everybody can shoot. And most in the you say, yo, you got your center who can now dribble the ball and bring it up. Before, these guys were dependent on the point guard getting the ball. Now all five, you got teams where all five of you got to play, man. So that's. Yeah, I yeah, mean, they used to just and, sat, and, sit at half court and set a pick so the point guard can get And the biggest <laughs> argument is why is college basketball so competitive right now? And here's the biggest thing, right? We have the last two player of the years was Drew Timmy and um, Zach Eady. Oscar Shibwe. What are you talking about? And Oscar Shibwe. Well, Drew Timmy was too. He was player of the year. Oscar Shooter was two years. Yeah, the year before Oscar, Drew Timmy. And all three of those guys returned back to college because they can't shoot. They're big guys and they just play the paint. There's a reason why Oscar Shiba is with a G League team right now. There's a reason why Drew Timmy's with a G League team right now. They're great collegiate players. And the reason why the college basketball game is so much more competitive is because there's not as much talent in the in the college basketball ranks because of the whole G League Ignite. The whole uh, going overseas and playing, there's that options, and I'm not saying that there's not talent in the in the college basketball. There definitely is, but the talent is not as when we saw Boogie Cousins and John Wall playing for Kentucky, and that was like holy shit, that team was superstars, yeah. right? Where we had Melo playing for Syracuse, go orange. Yes, I have to I have to stand on that. Um, where we had you know Mike's full like uh, North Carolina NBA roster, pretty much, fun. you know, so. When we Great look fun. at the, the hell my NBA roster, everybody else gets a shout out. What the fuck? Greg Golden didn't play with Mike Conley. That didn't happen. Did. The fuck? Mike Conley and Greg. Poor Greg. Yeah. Right. Well, poor yeah, old okay. Greg Golden. Fuck. I feel bad for him when he had that old lady say, "Yeah, uh, about the." You ever see that clip of him like he's walking to campus? I don't know how to say campus. An old lady comes up. He's like, "Oh, I can bet you I can beat you," and he's just like. <laughs> like, he looks so sad afterwards because she's she probably could cross him up with how bad his injury. Well, is. I got listen. I got two names for y'all. One, Mike D'Antoni, and Mike D'Antoni wins after all the scrutiny he got. After all the the, the, the talk about his system ain't gonna win, and all Mike can do is get his team to score points. They gonna never play defense. He did it in Houston. He did it in Phoenix, and it's gone to the point now where teams have adopted that because he or he who shoots the most threes and makes the most threes wins. We saw it first really come to life in the Cavs-Golden State second finals matchup, I believe it was, 
where both of them kind of ran through each of their conferences. And I remember that Cavs Hawks series where both of those teams in that series hit over 23s as a team as a team in one series, which is ridiculous. And it's never been done in the NBA. And then the Cavs, that next series went on and beat the same record that they set the series before yeah. against Atlanta for most threes in a game in the playoffs. So kind of saw it come to life almost eight, 10 years ago. And we've really adopted it since, like you said, like if you look at the Bucks lineup right now, even with Lopez on the floor, all five of them are shooting the ball. Like where, what, and even when you're fast, a fast break now is not go to the basket and finish hard is find the open man. Say step back the corner, shoot, which is ridiculous. Knock, knock down the the ball. second name I have is Tim Donnie because good old Timmy made sure that points weren't going to be scored if he felt like calling the foul. Why? Because Tim was in it to win it, baby. Oh. We all know the name that people got Tim. Tim was a lot of He must be known for shaving <laughs> points and doing what he had to do to make sure his mafia buddies won that money and took Vegas's money home. So no Tim in the league. Shit's out of control. The referees don't care anymore. Let's just score points and get up to 150 every night. So well, we need him and Danny Crawford and all these guys to come back. Need the old boys back. Any chance, of, any chance of getting Tim on here was uh, long gone after that day, but okay. No, Mike, 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 Mike. that motherfucker's greedy. We pay him to write him out here. Come on. <laughs> Who's I should make him do my bets of the week. Hey, Tim, you want to do my bets of the week? You're making a lot of beat for me, Tim. Got you know the that you do, clearly. <laughs> he'd, be 100 for, he'd be 100 for 100. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm make a phone call. Yo, Dame, don't shoot well tomorrow, man. Hey, take the box under. <laughs> <laughs> Mike, what do you think? Yeah, so I actually have a name for you guys. Prior, just prior to the uh, Drew Timmy, Oscar Sheebway, Zach Eady run, there was a man in Iowa by the name of Luca Garza. Luca, big, big power forward who won back-to-back Player of the Years in college basketball. So yeah, the and last then, five, the last yeah. five of them. <laughs> and then for some, Iowa before Caitlin Clark, there was. <laughs> yeah, his oh, name shit. is Luca Garza. I, I mean, it was just Luca Garza, but oh, okay. Um. <laughs> but no, back-to-back player of the year proceeds to be a second-round pick as a back-to-back Naismith Memorial player of the year by the Pistons and didn't really see the floor for the Pistons until he got in better shape and got a shot. Because before, I mean, he dominated, like Timmy and Shibwe and Zach Eady, he dominated the offensive and defensive sides of the ball by being 40 pounds heavier than anybody, than like 95% of the guys guarding him and having Stronger. and being strong. He would just power his way on defense or offense. But the biggest knock on him going into the NBA draft was he can't shoot and his footwork isn't that good because it never had to be because he's bigger than everybody. So he got drafted by the Pistons. They literally sent him like, I think he was in the G League for a year, year and a half of just learning to shoot, getting in better shape and getting better footwork. And then he became a pretty productive member of the Pistons bench amongst all yeah. of their big men. Yeah, and a lot of these big men, I mean, that's the thing. In the NBA now, you you got Giannis at six foot ten, who's right. athletic as fuck. And he right. can just it, it's not about the game of being big and, and dominating, right? Like or exactly. Bull Bull would be in the in the league a little bit more. You right? So yeah, exactly your point. It's just that the college game hasn't adapted to the NBA's hasn't speed, had to. You know, and, and it's good for college basketball right now. This right. is the most competitive season I've seen in a very, very long time Heck. across the entire conference, not even the Power Five. Just the mid-majors have been amazing basketball to watch. I was watching, I think, uh, Bentley and some other school play today, 
and it was a close count. I was like, oh shit, okay, that's a, mm-hmm. that's a good game. I was watching it for until you know uh, we started recording, but I was like, that's a pretty good game. So right. I don't know. I mean, I just see the NBA as just there's so much scoring on all fronts now. Where back then, I mean, we had a stat line where I think uh, Dennis Rodman didn't have a point or didn't have a point like at yeah, all. Yeah, no, he had no points. Yeah, no points at all throughout a whole game. Like, wh- who does that now? Unless right. you're on the bench, right? When he grabbed like 19 re- rebounds. Re- <laughs> his stat line would look like 4, 18, and 2. <laughs> yeah. yeah, like he would have stat lines like that, and it's just crazy. Yeah. So, big Ben Wallace. That was a big Ben Wallace stat line every night. So, uh, I mean. But yeah, NBA. So, yeah, for for me, I agree. Like, there has to be a fine line somewhere that we can find where it's you still get the excitement. Because, like, the stuff the shit Steph does with the, the 40-foot three-pointers that look like he's shooting it from 10 feet, like, that's impressive. All the athletic dunks, and, and I agree, John, with what you said, John, in that this is the most up-and-down talented athletic NBA we've ever seen. But, God damn it, play some defense. <laughs> Some yeah, that's what I, I personally but like, I, but, I, but, but I think they are playing yeah, more defense. It's just they're scoring. But you know, like everyone says, oh, Steph is just gifted. He's gifted in a way, but he also put up thousands. You have the great like to shoot twelve threes a game, <laughs> thousands and thousands of shots. Mm-hmm. You have to understand, he was never really great until maybe his sophomore year at Davidson. He was okay. He had good handles, but. He worked at it. Like, and that's the biggest thing you have to know is like, a lot of these guys, I want to be Steph Curry. Well, you got to put in 10,000 shots of practice. Right. You got to go shoot a thousand threes in a row and make every single one of them. Like, that's what it takes to be there. So, you know, when I look at someone like Steph Curry, he actually had to work to get to that point. I mean, I'm not right. saying the other guys didn't, but, you know, he wasn't naturally gifted coming into college. He, he also gets not, a, like, he doesn't get enough credit for being a career 92% free throw shooter. He leads no, he's he's the shooter. league almost every year. Yeah. yeah. Well, let us know in the comments what you think about the new NBA versus the old NBA. This could get a little spicy in the comments. So mm-hmm. let us know what you think. I'm not trying to overreact here, but we cannot do this again. North Carolina, I'm looking at you. That game against Georgia Tech was awful. I know you only lost by a point, but come on. You let them stay in the game the entire time. You were a much better team. You're the number three team in the country. Are you kidding me? No, no, no. This looked like the team from last year, and we're not doing this again. We're not doing this inconsistency again. We're not doing this. Sometimes we can shoot, sometimes we can't, and we can never play defense. This is ridiculous. You got Duke coming up. You know, Duke, your arch rival, is coming to town, and we need to beat them. You need to stay that number three team in the country. You need to stay top five. So... Get your shit together, start playing better defense, start playing better team basketball, and beat Duke. All right, so when we talk about TV, we want, we love watching sports on TV. I think I'm the proponent. I'm the I'm the master of the quad box. I got TVs everywhere going. <laughs> if you look at our group chat, it's, you'll see me sending every single week. Yep. But a little frustration came over over the last maybe year and a half about how these leagues are pretty much losing fans because of their TV deals. So I guess the biggest thing, you know, it's not so much how much are you willing to pay or go to games. How much are you willing to pay to watch the games in your own home? Are they losing fans? I don't think they're actually losing fans because of that. I think that's, I 
I don't because everybody proved it back with the Peacock game, whatever the Peacock special extravaganza, whatever the hell. Because <laughs> I know I was on Twitter. And it looked like everybody's, everybody's watching the game. And I got on Twitter. I start talking to people the next day. I get up. What was that on Sunday? And everybody's like, yeah, you see the Chiefs in Dolphins game last night? That looked like everybody's still watching me. The issue with it is everybody is willing to pay for it. So just be prepared to keep spending more money because they know now that we are willing to pay for these things. You go all the way back to when boxing used to be free, and then eventually they were like, we're going to charge you pay-per-view to watch this Mike Tyson fight. And you know what everybody did? They paid for it. Then boxing was like, why the hell would I ever put any marketable person not on pay-per-view? Then MMA did it. Now, Mike, you're a wrestling fan. Now you're going to start paying to watch Raw because Netflix has $5 billion. To be honest, I didn't even know Netflix had $5 billion. I remember all of us stealing each other's Netflix passwords, so I didn't think anybody actually paid for Netflix. So somehow they made all this money, and now they're going to charge us for wrestling. I kind of sat here quick and did an exercise. So let's do the math here. So on a basic package, Netflix, $16. Peacock, $6. Amazon Prime, $15. Paramount, $6. ESPN Plus, $11. Apple, $7. That gets us to $61 to basically do all of those packages before you actually add in a regular TV package. And you know what? They're going to keep going in, and people are going to keep paying for this. And trust me, in 10 years, we will be paying for the Super Bowl. I know some people are going to say, no, we won't pay for the Super Bowl. Why don't you think you'll pay for the Super Bowl? You pay fucking $78, $80 to watch Floyd Mayweather basically bob and weave for 10 minutes. You paid $70 or $50 back in the day to watch Mike Tyson knock a motherfucker out of 20 minutes. You don't think people are going to pay that money to watch the Usher concert at the Super Bowl halftime or to watch or just be at the event? You're damn right. Get ready to pay for this shit. If we didn't, we didn't band together and boycott it. So, yep, we are all going to be in for a ride. Well, well, and the biggest thing too, right, when we look at like the sports packages as a total – I mean, a lot of them are ridiculous. Like the NFL sports package with YouTube TV that I just did this year was $360. And did you pay for it? Yeah, I paid for it. Exactly. I paid for, I, no, I'm saying <laughs> I paid for it because I wanted to see what it was like. And what is, what's terrible about that is the fact is you don't get the NFL network, which I really don't understand. So they make you pay another $29 on top of that per month so you can get the NFL network, but you're paying $360 for the season. The NBA, I think, has a has a good plan with it where I think it's like eighty nine or ninety dollars for the year. Like you can pay the eighty nine, ninety dollars, get every single game and be cool. I think that's worth it. You you do the math on the game. If you watch every single game of your team, eighty two divided by whatever that is, I mean it's it's you know, not bad. But I'm I'm looking at it as a consumer. I love sports. I love watching sports. But I'm not gonna continue to sit here and pay this shit because yeah, was it worth it this year? Probably not, because you know, Trey and I talked about it before the season. I got most of the Eagles games. Most of the Eagles games were on TV. But, you know, going forward, I probably won't buy it again because $360 is a lot <laughs> to start off with. I mean, come on now. Like, and then you're charging people asinine prices to go watch the game in person. Nah, man, I'm not, I'm not for that. You know, I'll just catch the game like old school, listen to it on the radio. Jamie? Well, might not be music to your ears, but you know what it is? It is music to the ears of bar owners who are probably going to have more viewing parties, mm-hmm. set up more places where people can come and yep. comfortably watch games. Their business is going to go up, and that's pretty much going to be kind of like how it used to be, right? Like, let's all meet up and go somewhere and sit down and, okay. uh, you know, in, in commune, you know, have some apps and some drinks and watch our team and really create a vibe at these places because I thought that's how it was when I first moved back here, and then all of a sudden it's like, no, nah, I'm, I'm streaming the game. I, I was watching the home or whatever it might be, and not not so much love in this city for the Bucks as you see more for lightning and lightning when I first moved there. And I just kind of was hoping for a different sort of vibe. A lot of love for the Gators and 
more college teams and people will go set that whole vibe up. But is this going to trickle down into college football? Like, are, are we seeing? Are we going to see this like trickle to the point where like, because those are obviously more diehard fans, I would say, right? From the college standpoint, they're going to say, hell yeah, I'll pay X amount. I want to see my team play every Saturday. Like, it's a staple. A lot of people will be like, ah, whatever. I'll watch the NFL when it's closer to the playoffs if they're not real football fans. But any alumni or people who are digging their, you know, their team or wherever they live closest to it, it's like, hell yeah, I'll support that team. But me personally, I'm going to have to have a multi-package if I'm going to pay it. Like, if, if one particular conglomerate group says, okay, we have an NHL league pass and an NBA league pass and an NFL league pass, and they tell me, look, 400 bucks for the year. And I'm like, you know what? I may consider if I can get every single pro league at the touch of my fingers, whenever I want, I may consider that as a dollar amount. If it's about $35 a month, I might say, hell yeah, I'll do that. Other than that, if you're not packaging it all for me, I can't get all the friggin' uh, PGA championship events and, and the major tennis tournaments and put it all in there for me. You got to give me the whole, whole nine answer. And then I'm doing it. Other than that, I'm not doing it sport by sport by sport. Like you said, you just dropped $61 there, mainly just for football. Your bill's going up and up and up only. And you'll have some subscriptions. You won't even know you're damn paying for at some point because you signed up and didn't know you signed up for something else. So unless, and, and you hate to see it, right? Because that's where the world's coming. They're going to conglomerate and this one company is going to own it all and they'll have all the rights to it. Whether it's Amazon, whoever it is. And now we're going to have to go through them if we want to watch sports. Or like I said, we just take a drive or walk. If you live close enough to your friendly neighborhood bar and kick it there for the day and watch your favorite team or the night. Yeah, I feel like, you know, that's just a shitty thing to do, though, to, to people. Because, like, for me personally, I hate I hate going to places to watch a game. Personally, I just do it. Because then you get that one fan that's just so ignorant, wants to start shit. I'm mm-hmm. like, this is no better than me being in the stadium. I might as well spend that $200 on a ticket to sit in the stadium to get heckled than some drunk drunk asshole at the bar. So, for me, nah, I'll just I'll just get the updates on single squad every week. Like, so you, I'll play just... you can play gold and tea if it's a boring <laughs> game. Straight to the arcade. I can literally play Golden Tea on my Xbox. Just sit here and just download <laughs> it. Yeah, exactly. I'll be playing that. Mike, what are your thoughts on this? So Since you're a news streamer now. Uh, yeah, so I, I've recently cut the cord from cable. And two thoughts on it. Once, exactly. Cut the cord. Um, good song, by the way, by Shinedown. For anybody that hasn't heard <laughs> Cut the Cord by Shinedown, it's a good song. As a side note. Um, I think one of the things that that uh, it popped into my head when I thought about this topic was I agree like some of these like the ticket is super expensive and and it's getting kind of ridiculous with some of these prices but the other prices that are getting ridiculous and that aren't helping themselves with this are the cable companies. The cable companies are not helping themselves with keeping these rights because first of all they any amount of cable company that I ever looked into before cutting the cord that involved a sports package jumped an extra hundred to $200. It's ridiculous. And streaming great sports package either too. (laughs) No, it's no. And it's not because there's still regional blackout bullshit. Right. There's still the re like everybody complains about the part. This is the problem. Everybody complains about the streaming regional blackout bullshit that I am currently having to deal with in the sense of, I have YouTube TV which has been great. I love YouTube TV, but I'm a New York Rangers fan. I don't get MSG on there. They don't have the deal with MSG. So I can't watch Rangers games unless they're on like ESPN or NBC or, or a primetime game, which happens sometimes in the original six team, which is great, but I can't watch all the games, but they're not helping themselves in, in that sense. And then 
all these cable companies in negotiations with these leagues, with these other companies and stuff like that, including like for normal stuff, ABC, NBC, CBS, all them. They get into such bidding, like not bidding wars, but like they, they're so stubborn with deals that up here we've had our like ABC, NBC, and CBS normal channels completely blacked out because of negotiation issues. So I'm not going to trust a cable company to keep my stuff on the air even when I am paying them. I've had more luck having stuff on the air with streaming on Wi-Fi than I have from cable or a dish. If I got to deal with a dish for DirecTV, DirecTV is probably the best cable company I've ever been with mm-hmm. as far as like using their stuff. But <laughs> I live in upstate New York where it snows a shit ton at times, covers the dish, or covers the sky in clouds, and now I can't watch anything, let alone yeah, I mean, my a lot, a lot of these, a dish always doesn't work. <laughs> yeah, that's why that, like, my home. parents have the dish right now, and they... But if it storms, forget about it's it. Done. You gotta it's go to streaming. Yeah. Which is normally what you actually want to sit in the house and watch TV Rain. is when it's shitty outside. So then it's a nice day. You want to be outside. Your cable's working great with your dish. Then it gets shitty, and it's like, oh, I want to watch TV. Oh, it doesn't work. Now I'm just doesn't work. Yeah. Now you got to go. Luckily, I they use my YouTube TV subscription, and and they have Netflix. They have all the other apps. But, like, think about that. Now they're paying for all these other apps. And I just think, like, how much are you willing to pay? I agree with Jamie. Give me a package deal that I can get all the basic sports channels right. in and I can get everything in there. I've always said this. There's got to be some sort of creative way to do this to help. I mean, I think Amazon's going that way. They just bought out that, Seems like that it. marketing that marketing uh, group that had Bally Sports and all them. Diamond Sports. They're going yeah, to start, start buying up all these places and you're going to be able to go to Amazon. They're going to start making these deals with MLB, NHL. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, the good thing with ESPN, you can pay $4 and watch all the NHL games you want. I've watched – last season, I watched 65 NHL, Detroit Red Wings. I'm, I've, this is the most Detroit Red Wings games I've watched in my entire life because right. I got the games. I got the ESPN Plus. So, I don't know. Let's – you know, well, I'll I mean, tell you what. One more thing. This – one crowd of people who will pay any amount for it. Are the dads that have to sit through the T-ball games, the dads that have to sit through the youth basketball games, the dads that have to sit through the youth soccer games, they're out there. Honey, I promise I'm filming the game. Yeah, right, bro. Yeah. You look, you look at whatever's on right now. That's why you could tolerate these two, three hours right. on the field watching your kid trip over his own freaking football boots. <laughs> I'm sure you've seen that at the pool a couple of times. Like, oh, hey, heck no. how's, your, how's your kid doing? Oh, it's good, man. Touchdown! Oh, shit. <laughs> yeah, it's good. Yeah. Yeah. Why is the kid running down the sidelines? (laughs) (laughs) But let us know what you guys think about in the comments. We were interested to hear this because this has been a big debate over the last year. I've been very passionate about this because, you know, a favorite sport of mine is, which is baseball. I can't watch a lot of games unless I get the package. So let us know what you think in the comments so we can hear your voice and maybe we can start a petition and uh, get a sports (laughs) package that's, Works for everyone. So, super deal. So, maybe there's more to it than just big hoorah, let's get up and win one for the gift for speeches that really gets teams going. And I say this because I saw a video the other day of the San Francisco 49ers petting puppies and what looked like rescue dogs prior to them playing in the NFC Championship game. And they said they did it so it could calm their nerves. I actually saw this from another swim coach who said that he had one of his swimmers who was absolutely just petrified for the moment and she figured she's not going to swim well. things are going to go horrible and he knew that she had it in her so he said you know what 
there's actually this dog outside you knew a family had brought that dog why don't you go outside and instead of doing warm-up or anything he the unconventional way is to just think another way through so he sent her outside and she was playing with the puppy the entire time instead of doing the conventional warm-up and preparation she comes in cold turkey swims her best beats the team record and was kind of amazed and afterwards you know he spoke to her and said well it's because you took your mind off of it and for a second instead of your body and brain releasing all these crazy chemicals of stress you calmed yourself down and i thought that to be a really cool thing that the 49ers did it and another coach had a successful story so that had me thinking because i'm an animal person i think it would be really cool if teams started to do this for rescue shelters and areas where they can get the dogs out and bring them to more atmospheres and environments like that where you have maybe some of the younger fans being able to pet them or the players on the team if they really say it comes athletes because it's a win-win not only do you get the athletes probably in a better frame of mind to perform better but you're giving these dogs a chance to get out maybe people take a look at them maybe someone adopts them so i'm petitioning for this let's pet the puppies let's pet the dogs motion and movement prior to sports events especially with kids or maybe even pro pro teams and pro athletes that may be a little bit nervous prior to them participating in their so-called respective sport. Free the dogs. Let's get them on the fields. Let's get them in the stadiums. Let's get them on the swim pool decks. Let's get them wherever we have to so we can give them homes and help athletes calm their nerves before they compete. We got to talk about the deal that's going on right here. Grandpa Jay has already solidified the championship. So he is our Stump the Squad champion. But we're going to still play for second, third, and fourth. See who can get closer to Jay or can Jay separate himself. But you know what it's time for. It's time for Stomp the Squad. Yeah, buddies. So you guys know what it is. We got a winner here. But these guys are fighting for second, third, and fourth. They need that runner-up supremacy. If you guys are being following us, this is the fun part of our show here where we ask each other a bunch of trivia questions. You get it right. You get plus two. You get it wrong. You get minus two. Apparently, doesn't matter what happens with me anymore. So if I seem like a dummy for the next four weeks, just know I'm already gone fishing early. Not for reasons that I got eliminated from the playoffs. Because I won the damn thing right here. And I'm just waiting to rip off that championship belt or that championship chain or whatever it is you guys are going to in envy. See me wear on show 100. For now, though, I'd love to see who wins this second place battle. So I'm going to let Mikey start us off this week. What you got for us, Mike? All right, got ourselves an NBA question. Lovely. Since the institution of the shot clock in 1954, made which in Syracuse. N- hmm? made in Syracuse, made in Syracuse, which Was. NBA team has had the lowest single game point total collectively as a team? Mm-hmm. Is it A the Baltimore Bullets? B, the Chicago Bulls, C, the Rochester Royals, or D, the Indiana Pacers? The total team in so one for, game? Since, since 1954 when they actually put a shot clock in, the 24-second yeah. shot clock. Yeah. This team had the lowest point total in a, in single, a single game. game. In, in a single game. game. In one game. Traces the Baltimore yeah, I was, Bullets. I was thinking that of the Pacers, but I also he threw in Rochester, so I don't know. Maybe a little mm. sneaky one right there. Now I'm gonna go. Uh, I'm gonna go with the Bullets as well. That was my first Bullets, thought. Sorry. The Pacers of Indiana. Okay, so we got two Baltimore Bullets and an Indiana Pacer. Mm-hmm. Gentlemen, this week I have successfully stumped 
the squad. Rochester. The Chicago Bulls. Yeah, and recently too, right? Wasn't it like a 60-point game? Uh, well, I'm going to hang on to that in, if, okay. in case we have a tiebreaker that I'm not involved in. But okay. I will say, yeah, it was in 1999. Mm-hmm. All right, who do you want next? Uh, let's see. John, you can go. All right. So how many times has the Super Bowl featured a rematch? Hmm. How many times? Or how many duo? Like how many times? Yeah, how many times have yeah. I featured it? Six, seven, eight, or nine? Seven. Eight. <laughs> I was thinking eight too. Let's say eight. Jamie, Trey, what did you say? Eight. Eight for Trey. Kobe. Well, if the Lions had won this past weekend, Trey and Jamie would be right. But I successfully stumped the squad. It is nine. That really hurt, Mike. It is not. I'm so happy. I know. You're so happy. Sit down. <laughs> the matchups were the Cowboys and Steelers, mm-hmm. 49ers and Bengals, Eagles and Patriots, and Chiefs. Cowboys and Bills, Rams and Patriots, Giants and Patriots, Bills and Cowboys, Dolphins and uh, Washington, and now the Chiefs and 49ers. So, trade day, you're up. It could have been the Chiefs and Ravens, too, either way. Right? I mean, the... Trader, you're up. Yeah. Okay, so we talked about a lot of exciting NBA scoring. So uh, we had, of course, a bunch of people score 60 points. So before these last couple incidents where we had all these people score 60 points, when was the last year where we had two people score 60 points on the same night or 60-plus points on the same night? Was it? 1962, 1973, yeah, I'm going to say 1973, for the two people. Oh wow! Not even Kareem. I would have. I, I just generally nope. assumed that Kareem was involved. All right, Grandpa Jay. It is down to Trade A, myself, and uh, I guess you spoke the two existence that you just were going to tank because <laughs> you're at minus six and you're done. And Mike's at zero, so Mike needs to get it wrong. Hey man, I'm gone fishing. I'm watching you guys <laughs> go at it. 
Seems All right, like gentlemen, can you tell me right now which one of these players leads the league in the NBA? Which one of these players leads the league in turnovers right now? Is it Giannis, Embiid, Cade Cunningham, or Trey Young? Uh, it is Embiid. Trey Young. Giannis, Embiid, Cade Cunningham, or Trey Young? I was thinking Trey, but. Mike went Trey, so I'm going Cade. So we have one for Cade, one for Giannis, you, and one for Trey. No, I have Embiid. You have Embiid? Embiid. So we have an Embiid, a Giannis, and a Trey. Mm-hmm. And survey says... He had Cade. So no Trae Giannis. Young currently leads the league with 4.3 turnovers per game. Only person I was pretty sure it was Trey, but I was like, Mike, I got to go. Trey at 4.3, Luca at 3.9, Kate at 3.9, yeah, Embiid at 3.7, Giannis 3.6. Well, that means this week, week 96, or episode 96, champion is Mike, and he now has, I believe, six, right, Mike? I have five. You and I were tied five. at four. Oh, yeah, that's right. So now, now Trey and I. So, so now the scoreboard reads, Jamie at 11. Trade at five, Mike at five, and myself at four. And we got three episodes to 100, and then we're going to restart this entire scoreboard. So, ah, got to get gotta, gotta get Jamie off off his game a little I, bit. Gotta, I think we should have the show a little bit later. He, has, he gets a little bit tired when he gets uh, you know. tired right now. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, um, I also want to shout out on our final thoughts here is David Cardenas is 5-0. and oh. Looking to Ooh. go to six and zero here. Um, and March first is his next fight. He is five and zero right now. So Indeed. David was on our show in August for his first before his first fight, and he's been tearing it up in the boxing room. So congratulations to you. I just saw that today. Yes. Uh, congratulations on that. Um, but gentlemen, we have the Pro Bowl this weekend. We have a really mm-hmm. relaxed weekend in sports, it, kind of in a way. We still got NBA, yeah, North Carolina. Um, we got NHL. All-Star game this All-Star weekend. Game. That's going to be fun. Um, that'll be fun up in Toronto. So, any final thoughts heading into the weekend? Yeah, let's go Liverpool. Beat those damn Booners. Please. Please Whatever beat Duke. I mean, beat <laughs> Unfortunately, I won't be on next week's episode. I will be in Japan um, for the Taylor Swift concert. I'm going all four nights. Are you, are you traveling uh, in, in a jet with her? I thought yeah, it was I'm going Korea. all four nights. I'm going all four Japan nights, and then we're going to go to Super Bowl. They're going to drop me off. Out the plane once we Are get you up the interpreter. Oh, so so you also got the job at the guy who parachute at the beginning of the game. Yeah, you're the parachute yeah, guy. Got a parachute doing that. You got that job too. Taylor will be on his back. That's how she's gonna beat all That's the traffic gonna, yeah. into the state. Yeah. They're gonna swing right. into the. Gonna they're gonna swing into the. I don't know how. I don't know how. She's throwing the cat from the top of the stadium. See if it lands. No, on making sure her hair doesn't get too much wind to flow through it. So it's. I don't know how she's gonna get in. They're gonna get into the stadium. It's like. He's got a, they're going to open a window a little bit. And he's be a window. Yeah. <laughs> Speaking of that, did panel. I send you guys a video of how the Raiders practice field goes underground oh, and switches awesome. out? Did I yeah, send you guys that video? Well, that's, how, that's, how, that's, that's how the Phoenix, uh, uh, the Phoenix stadium does. Arizona, right? now, yeah. They go the underneath yeah. and then they put in a new court or something like it's, that. It's, it's cool. It's, it's pretty yeah. cool, but that's why the hopefully they don't uh, mess up the field like last year. Hopefully you guys yeah, are. Yeah, I hope not. Maybe they'll bring their hockey skates. You <laughs> <laughs> see guys skating out there. I but, can see Kittle definitely warming up in high skates. <laughs> oh, my God, yeah. <laughs> just running. <laughs> A bunch of grasses flies up. 
Well, make sure you guys tune in to our socials. We'll be live there. We appreciate all the following and comments. Keep yes. it coming. And uh, we'll see you guys here next week for episode 97. I think it's about out. See you. Puppy love.